want to get in the Word, we're going to continue the series that we started last week. Uh, and that series was entitled The Building Blocks of Faith. You could, you could call it, Brother Hagen, uh, he had a CD series or has a CD series that's called The ABCs of Faith. And so we're following kind of the same outline as that. You know, I would encourage you, that would be a great CD series to, to actually listen to during this series. You know, uh, we'll go into some things that he covers, we'll go into other things. I kind of grew up on Brother Hagen, uh, which, meant, which means I grew up on the Word, because he's all about the Word. You know, the only difference is, man, for two years at Rhema, he would hammer into us. As pastors, you don't ever preach anything that you're not living. And you have to, you have to, you know, preach out of the overflow. And so we, we want to go into that. You know, I, I realize um, there's so many things about the subject of faith, but this subject is foundational. I mean, there's a reason why our name, and it will never, ever leave our name, we are faith family church. You know, in a, in a church environment where, where a lot of churches are taking faith out of their name because that is not, you know, according to some of the church growth movements and, and things going on in the United States, that is not conducive to church growth. And I believe they're wrong. You're going to see churches, people are going to run the churches to learn how to walk by faith, to learn how to live by faith. Because, you know, as we saw last week, we're in the ABCs of faith, the first thing we're talking about is what faith is. And, you, you know, you, you have to define what faith is. And the number one thing, if you'll notice last week, we'll talk more about it today, the number one thing is faith is not an event, it's a lifestyle. We, we walk by faith and we live by faith. So many believers... They don't, and they're missing out on God's best for them. So we're going to continue that. ABCs of faith, remember we talked about it. We're going into what faith is. Then we'll talk about how faith comes. Then we'll talk about how to use your faith. So those three building blocks will build a strong foundation for you to be fully persuaded that the word of God is true. God doesn't want any of you to walk in victory in theory. He wants every one of us to walk in, in victory experientially. You experiencing the victory, right? Jesus paid a huge price for it. So let's just jump in here. The ABCs of faith, last week we started defining what faith is. As we said a minute ago, faith is a lifestyle, right? We went to Romans chapter 1, and actually, go in your Bibles. We're, we're not done in Romans chapter 1 yet. So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I need to go a little deeper in, in verse 16 and 17, talking about how faith is a lifestyle and some other things. And then while you're turning there, we also mentioned, we defined from Hebrews eleven six that faith pleases God. As a matter of fact, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Isn't that amazing? And then we saw from that because what pleases God is when you receive from him, right? Then we saw, we, we jumped over to James and we saw that without faith or, or, or faith could be defined as faith is the ingredient necessary to receive from God, right? Without faith, you're not receiving anything from the Lord. So if you don't know how to walk, by the faith of God or in the faith of God, you're not going to know how to receive from him. So this is a huge thing. And then we talked even more from the book of James about the fourth aspect of faith or the fourth type of part of the definition is literally without faith, you're going to waver. Or in other words, faith never wavers. Okay, so we please God with our faith as we walk and live in faith. We receive from him, right? It's to be a lifestyle and faith as we walk in faith, we are fixed and immovable in him. We never waver. We look to the word of God 
and we say this, I believe it, the word is true, I'm fully persuaded, I have my answer right now. So it puts you in a position where you're not, like James said, you're not like a wave driven with the wind and tossed, right? Have you ever had your life tossed and driven by something other than you? That's no fun, right? Have you ever went through something physically where it seems like, man, you just start getting over this and then this problem and then this problem, and pretty soon, if you keep looking at all of it, you're just kind of tossed all over the place. Well, in the midst of that, God says, no. You believe me and you'll be fixed and immovable. No longer ever, ever moved by outside forces. The world system is designed to steal, kill, and destroy. How it does that is it literally is designed to create fear and to put you in an environment where you choose not to believe, right? Have you ever been in environments like that? Everything is that way in the world system, but everything in God, all things are possible. You're fixed and you're immovable. So let's get into this a little bit. Romans chapter one, I wanna go a little deeper. We spent a lot of time on this. These two verses are so huge. It says in verse 16, for I, now this is Paul writing to Roman Christians, Gentiles, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This word gospel, it literally means good news. It means news that literally is too good to be true. It's so wonderful. But the gospel of Christ the gospel of Christ, you could define it as the word, the words of Christ, or the word of God, right? The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Wow. Unto, the Greek word used here is sozo, salvation. There's five things implied that salvation includes it's an all-inclusive Greek word. It literally means to rescue. It means to deliver. It literally means to make safe. Salvation. To make whole. And this really has an emphasis in the soulish realm in your thought life. This is why the Bible says your spirit is full of power and love and soundness of mind. That's part of sozo. This word also means to heal. So to deliver, to make safe, to make sound, to make whole, to heal. The power, right? The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. But then look at what it says here, to everyone that believeth. So interesting, in the word of God, in the gospel of Christ, there is power to literally cause you to be delivered out of any situation you'll ever face. There's power literally to rescue you. There's power to make you whole to make you sound, to heal you, but that power is not activated until you believe. This is why we talk about faith. This is so important. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we look at Jesus. Why did he come? He literally came to redeem us from the curse of the law to redeem us from spiritual death, all the effects of sin, poverty, lack, sickness, disease, pain. In, in other words, he came to redeem us from all the effects that happened as a result of sin entering this earth realm because of Adam's sin. To redeem us completely from spiritual death. And if you're a believer today, 
which as I'm looking around, I see a lot of believers, you have been literally taken out of spiritual death. That old person that was spiritually dead that you were is gone forever and you're brand new. So now he redeemed you. So now that has no part of you. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He did it by his substitutionary work. He, he literally took our place. So in other words, you could say it this way, Jesus came to bring us back to the place as if sin had never entered the world. You and I as a New Testament believer are literally in the kingdom of God. We are in a place as if sin never existed. And now God says, I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you my name, which is above every name. Now you use my name to, to cause everything that's, that doesn't look like this in your life to, to bring me on the scene to change everything because it's your legal right now as a child of God. But see, if you don't believe it, 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 it can't happen in your life, right? If you got on a ship and went on a cruise, and you just didn't believe that all the food was included. You could go hungry in the midst of food everywhere because you just didn't believe it, right? That's literally what's happening in believers' lives right now. Today, if you have sickness or disease or pain in your body, it has no legal right. But heres it's even beyond that because Jesus already bore it. You don't have to. So that attack is illegal. It has no legal right in your body. And now you use the name of Jesus and who you are in Christ. Now that sickness and that disease will have to bow if you'll believe it. Because power, the power that is released, the power of God that's released in the gospel of Christ will drive it out of your body, but you got to believe it, right? This is why we don't just get in faith, we live in faith, which means we don't have moments of revelation of God's word, we live in revelation. Because faith only comes as I hear his word. Well, how often do I hear his word? I never stop hearing his word. Because if I ever stop hearing his word, I'm not in faith. Right? The gospel is the knowledge that we gain from God's word about Jesus and what we're redeemed from. That's what the gospel is all about. See, the gospel is the power of God to everyone who believes it, not only because God said it. No, that's one part but also because we believe it, because that's what activates the power, right? Remember James, without faith, it's impossible to receive what God has given you, right? Why is that? Because you're wavering, you're differing with, you're opposing, you're contending. You're like a wave that's driven by an outside force, by the wind. No, 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 you're not to be driven you are to walk in dominion and subdue, never to be driven. That, isn't that, that's awesome. That's good news. This is the good news of the gospel, and this, this must be preached. We have little voices every once in a while that are preaching faith. This needs to cover the earth. We need to be slapping Satan in the face and saying, no, no. You're stripped. You're not, you're not coming into my house. You're not coming into my body. You're not coming into my church. You're not coming into my city. You're not welcome here, right? One definition of faith that we could add to our list is faith is the condition that comes from having believed. See, you have to believe. You have to choose to believe. It's really interesting. Growing up, in studying the Word of God, I would always think, you know, Satan just blinds everybody. But that's not what the Word says. It says he blinds the minds of those that believe not. 
even a non-believer, even a person who's spiritually dead, he can't blind them unless they choose not to believe. And it all starts, Romans even lays it out, when a person chooses not to glorify God as God, the Bible says, it says it right in Romans, that every man, every man knows there is a God, they know that they will have to stand before him someday. Everyone knows that. But what happens is they start buying the lies of the enemy, and, and eventually they just keep pushing that down until all of a sudden they'll come up with crazy stuff like, I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, you know, I believe in evolution, which, which is just unbelievably stupid. But it's not to them because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But see, what happened, the fool, the fool has said there is no God. In other words, I am choosing not to glorify God as God. And I'm not thankful. And what happens now is the Bible says, I'm given over to a vain imagination and my foolish heart is darkened. And now that's where all this crazy stuff, you know, I don't believe there could be a creator even though science is showing so much stuff now that lines up with the Bible. They still believe some, some little ooze climbed on a crystal and life was birthed. Are you kidding me? Right? Well, you know, we just came from monkeys. So then why are there still monkeys? Right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. The Big Bang Theory, now it's getting so crazy, now they're just like, okay, we can't say God. So we'll just say, well, it, it, we know it all started from one point. We actually can measure the point. We know the point in time when there was something that happened that literally everything came from. It's called the Big Bang. It's, it, it, we know what it is. It's when God said, light be. Amen. And it all moves out from that one point in time right but they don't they'll say intelligent design now not god right so this is why the church must rise up one of your greatest witnesses will be you walk in faith right you look sickness and disease right in the eye and say you are not welcome in my body right you got to leave poverty and lack you've got to leave right this is this is why we have to preach on this faith is the condition that comes from having believed. In other words, believing is an aspect of faith. In other words, you could even say believing is the beginning of faith. Believing is the act whereby you extend your faith towards God. And faith is the resulting condition. That's what we're saying. So now look at verse 17. It says, for therein, therein where? In the gospel of Christ. Or therein where? In the word of God. Is the righteousness of God revealed? Well, how is it revealed? From faith to faith. What does that mean? I'm walking and living by faith. And I'm growing in faith. So as I grow, it's a progression. I'm growing. So the fact that I've been made righteous is revealed as I walk by faith. Everything I face in life will end up revealing the righteousness of God. So Satan, take your best shot because I'm going to believe him and I'm never going to believe what I see, what I feel, right? And everything that you come against me with in life, it will speak the righteousness of God because Righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. So see, I don't give thanks for things, but in everything I give thanks. Why do I give thanks in everything? Because I already know I won. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm healed, so sickness has to leave my body. I'm not, I'm not the poor trying to meet my needs and be prosperous. I'm already prosperous in Christ, and now poverty and lack has to leave my life. 
Oh, if I'm not the head, just hide and watch because as I walk by faith, the faith of God, the power of the gospel will make me the head and not the tail. And what will be revealed is not how great I am. It'll be revealed. The righteousness of God will be revealed. Right? So this is why Paul goes, listen, I am who I am by the grace of God. Can't take any credit for it. It was all given to me. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Your faith is supposed to grow. I love Fred Price. Uh, he, a retired pastor, retired minister uh, in Compton, California. He wrote this book. Well, he, he wrote this book ever, or I'm sorry, Smith Wigglesworth wrote this book, Ever Increasing Faith, and then Fred Price wrote a book, Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And if you've ever read Fred Price's book, it's amazing because it literally hits the nail exactly on the head of what faith is and how a, a bunch of people are out, whacked out doing stuff that's not really faith. Faith is amazing. And it's birth. It, it's, it, see, we don't live separate. Our life, literally, we, we talked to, with the men about this Saturday. We, you and I have been created in Christ. We're, we're literally, I, I was born again. You look at me, you can't tell where I end and where Jesus starts because I was literally created in Christ. I am in Christ, right? I'm not a body standing before you. My spirit is on the inside of me. And my spirit, man, is in Christ. And the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Try to figure that one out, right? Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, because I'm in Christ. I can't be taken out of him. Isn't that amazing? And so being in Christ, I, I've literally been created to, to do good works. What is good? Faith is good. Walking by faith, it's so very important. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say, now he's quoting Habakkuk 2.4. He's, he, and literally, the just shall live by faith. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That is written and spoken five times in the Bible. Five. But it doesn't say, for it is written, the just shall use their faith. You would think that's the way it's written, the way most people are doing it. I'm living for myself, but then I get in trouble and I run back to the word, right? And, and, and I use my faith to get out of this mess. God has so much better stuff for you. Now, if that's you, listen, God is gonna, he'll move mountains to deliver you. Why? Because you're an heir of salvation. He'll never beat you up for the mess, Right? He, he'll move, but I'm telling you, that's not God's best for you. The just shall live by faith, not the just shall use their faith. Right? It does not say that. We must stick with the word. Right now, I'm telling you, it is amazing. I've, you know, in the, in the 80s, when I came into this thing, you know, the biggest thing was this healing, oh, you, you, you healing people, you know, believing that God just provided healing, and oh, the tongues thing, <laughs> Holy Spirit, you guys are just whacked. You know what it mainly is now? Faith. Oh, you're one of those blab it, grab it people. Name it, claim it. Oh, you're a Haganite or a Copelandite. No, 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 I, I, I'm a Jesusite. And why aren't you? Because if you can't receive, I mean, why make fun of faith? You can't even be saved without faith. Right? Nothing happens. The literal meaning of this verse is righteousness is revealed in you as you grow from one level of faith to another level of faith. 
And then when you jump over and you start studying righteousness and you realize that holiness flows out of righteousness, now you know why the, the body of Christ looks exactly like the world. We don't have any understanding of righteousness because we're not walking by faith. So it's not revealed. Do you know what really, I'm telling you, when, when the righteousness of God is revealed in you as you, from faith to faith, you know who the first person that sees it? You. All of a sudden, you see God move in your life, and you're like, wow, this is really cool, right? And then what do you do? Oh, you're minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, you're talking to somebody, and the subject will come up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is stirring them. Hey, how, what, what's going on here? Oh, man, let me tell you what God did in my life. And then the righteousness of God gets revealed to them. Instead of, hey, listen, you better read your Bible and turn from your sin or you're going to burn in hell. Yeah. Right? No, the goodness of God leads people to change direction in their life. The righteousness of God is not revealed by your feelings. It's revealed from faith to faith. Yeah, but I just want to feel righteous. Well, it's not revealed that way. I mean, when you walk with God, you have incredible feelings. Your emotions are awesome, but they never lead you. Right? Emotions, feelings, they're not to lead you. The Spirit of God leads you. Right? Because, see, you got to be careful starting to let feelings lead you because they're not designed that way. And Satan is in the realm, man, he is the master deceiver. So we can't be moved by outward things. In other words, you're never going to know that you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. You're never going to know that by how you feel. Come on, Pastor, give me a break. It's Sunday morning. It's like quarter to 10. I just want to feel. No, I understand. But let's get that statement right. Your flesh just wants to feel. Your spirit gets turned on. Your spirit is all about faith. It's all about God. Right? So this is why this is, we're talking about the spirit-led life. So jump over to Mark chapter 11. Let's, let's continue on. So now we're seeing that faith is a result. Faith, the first step of faith is you choose to believe. So now Mark chapter 11, verse 12. You know this story. It's the story about Jesus and his interaction with a fig tree. Right? But this, this story in Mark chapter 11, it literally brings out the operation of faith so clearly. It says, On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now, this is what a lot of, well, I would venture to say, starting with me, we've all done this. You're walking. And you're thinking something's going to happen. I'm walking to the fig tree, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have some fresh figs for, you know, there's some great figs over here. And, and all of a sudden, you get to the tree, and there's no figs. And instead of doing what Jesus did, what do we do? If you're not in faith, what will you start doing? <sighs> Why? Why does this always happen to me? I am just so sick and tired. Oh, that's a great confession. I am so sick and tired. Nothing ever works for me. I mean, come on, all the trees and I pick the one without figs. Have you ever done that? And Satan, all these little demons are going, ooh, this is good. Doors are opening to us. What did Jesus do? Right? Because in this, he's teaching us how to deal with the unfruitful things of our life. Jesus talked to the tree. He answered it. 
And Jesus answered and said to the tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and his disciples heard it. See, most people, they'll either throw a fit and talk to themselves, or they will talk to God. Usually all the above. They throw a little temper tantrum. I can't believe this always happens to me. Nothing good ever happens in my life. God, why? Can you just not give me a fig? I mean, come on. Right? And then what happens? Then I'm getting together for coffee with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, you know, she's like, hey, Dad, how's your day going? Oh, my day stinks. You know, that's I I wanted figs. I wanted a McFig for breakfast and... You know, I even wore a mask to the tree and I still didn't get a fig, right? I start talking to my friends about my circumstance. But what did Jesus do? He didn't talk to his disciples. He didn't fall down and talk to his father. I mean, come on, father, you know the figs that are in heaven. Give me a little break here. Can't I just have a fig in Israel? You sent me down here to die for these people Right? No, no, he didn't do that. He talked. He answered his circumstance immediately and accurately according to the word of God. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, he never allowed any, he never allowed lack in his life. Never. If he's preaching, and he's preaching. Now, I've never seen this because I don't preach that long. But he's preaching. And by the third day, What are you guys laughing about? (laughs) By the third day, that's 72 hours later. He's looking at the people, and they're, I mean, he he probably thinks there's an earthquake because of the stomachs, because they're out and they haven't had food. And and, you know, there's 5,000 of them, 5,000 men and their families, probably 15, 20,000 people. And he looks at his disciples. How would you like to be his disciples? Hey, uh, you know, by the way, hey, Pastor Mike or Pastor Mark, can you, uh, can you feed 20,000 people? Just go feed them. And then he keeps preaching. And they're like, right? Now, it's really funny in that story. Did you notice they didn't say, well, Lord, we don't have the money to do that? No, there was no McDonald's around, there was no grocery stores around, right? But Jesus never allowed lack. So he's like, okay, what do we have? Another principle of prosperity. The seed for your next harvest is already in your life right now. Now think about that. What do we have? Well, there's one little guy here. You know, he's he's been working out. He's a he's 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 an athlete. He plays soccer, so he's working out. So he brought five loaves because they like carbs, and and you know a couple fishes. So the seed for the harvest. Do you you think that talked to Jesus a little bit? How in the world are you going to feed? People are going to, do you think that he wasn't tempted? He was tempted in all parts like us, right? You don't think the enemy was going, okay, boy, you've went out on a limb here now. Five loaves, two fishes, 20,000 people. They're going to really see who you really are, right? Could you imagine the disciples are like, okay, well, can we have your stuff? And then G- they probably looked at Jesus, okay, what do we do with this now? We'll pass it out, feed the people. I already told you. And it says there was, what, seven baskets full left over? Could you imagine? Every time that kid went to go hear Jesus preach, his parents are like, hey, here, here's some food, man, because we, we were set for a long time, right? In other words, the seed that they had did not even look like anything compared to the harvest that they needed. So if you have a dollar in the bank and you need several thousand dollars, don't be upset, right? Because that's a dollar in your house will produce the harvest that you need. The Bible talks about, I mean, there's Old Testament and New Testament stories about this. So here, here he is, verse 22, or I'm sorry, let's, let's keep going. Verse 20, and in the morning, so now 
Jesus doesn't have figs. They go into Jerusalem. Then they go back that day, past the fig tree, back to Bethany. They spend the night. Then the next morning, and in the morning, they pass by. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So now, so they're, they're, leaving, they're leaving Bethany, going to Jerusalem. He sees the fig tree. He curses it. They go into Jerusalem all day, do their thing. They come back by the fig tree, walk to Bethany, spend the night, get up the next morning, and are walking back into Jerusalem, and now they see the tree. Look at how much time has expired. And the tree was dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. In other words, Jesus, when he's walking, he's not looking at the fig tree. Behold means Peter's like, hey, Jesus, hey, check this out. Come over here. Look, look at this. That fig tree you talked to yesterday. Why wasn't Jesus looking at it? Because he walks by faith. He was fully persuaded. He didn't have to see the result to know it had happened. Right? So, so here... Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And now Jesus, he doesn't answer Peter, he answers all of them. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. You could translate this in the Greek, have the God kind of faith. You could translate it, have the same faith that God has. So that's Jesus' answer. He answered them. Guys, have the faith that God has. Now, could you imagine, they're probably like, say what? Right? Jesus started teaching them how to deal with every lack, how to deal with every unfruitful circumstance in their life. Do you have a business and you need it to be more fruitful? Speak to it. What will you speak? The Holy Spirit will give you exactly what to speak. Because literally, you are to be the head and not the tail. You're to be above and not beneath. Your path is increase. So if you ever see anything that's not increase, you better answer it. Right? You go to a doctor and you get a report that that condition's getting worse, don't walk away bummed out. You walk away talking. Amen. Condition, I know you can hear me. Mm -hmm. And in Jesus' name, tumor, you got to leave. Cancer, you've got to go. Right. Blood, you've got to come in line. Joint, you have to work. In Jesus' name, for it is written. Right? This is faith. This is how we operate in faith. Jesus is teaching them. So he goes on in verse 23, and he starts to tell them of how to operate in the faith of God against something. He says, for verily, most assuredly, I say to you that whosoever shall say. Now notice, faith is, here's another definition of faith, isn't it? Faith is for whosoever. It's for anybody. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, faith against something, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Jesus said, he shall have whatever he says. The disclaimer is you cannot doubt in your heart what you're saying. This is why you don't ever want to lie. Not even little ones. Because it's very important for you to believe your own words. Do you know people that, that live their life in manipulation and lies and, and all this stuff, putting on facades and everything? Man, there's people that get themselves in a position where they have no character you know, have, have you ever seen, they'll come and they'll pray a sinner's prayer in a minute. But there's no change. 
Why? Because they didn't believe it in their heart. Right? So this is why. I mean, you go to somebody's house and they feed you dinner. And they look at you and smile real big and go, how do you like it? Right? I, I come over to Torian and Elisa's house and, and Elisa being the wonderful, honorary lady that she is, she puts steam Brussels sprouts in front of me just to see what pastor's gonna do. And then she looks at me and smiles and says, so pastor, how do you like those Brussels sprouts? <laughs> right? No, 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 I can't go, oh, well, you know, thank you for making them. Man, they're really good. Because I'd be lying, right? Now, I bet now you would never boil them, right? You would roast them with garlic, and, right? There's a lady in our church years ago. We used to do these luncheon brunches, right? We love doing them. We've done them here. And uh, she makes grits. And, and, you know, she's like, man, I got to make you grits next time. I said, if you make them, I'll try them. But under this premise, the word grit sounds really different to me. <laughs> And so if I don't like them, I'm not going to tell you. I'm sure you're a great cook, but, but, I, but I'll tell you if I don't like them, is that okay? Why is that? Because I can't lie, right? Because, man, when a mountain comes into my life, I need to be able to believe that what I'm saying is true. Now, her grits, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, are about a million, they're amazing. If Anel Dent, I should, probably shouldn't say this publicly, but if she ever wants to make you grits, say yes, because they're really, really good. But, I, you know, you just have to be truthful. Right? How you feeling? You know, you just had a surgical procedure, you had something going, hey, how are you feeling? Don't lie. Right? If you're feeling lousy, don't say, oh, I feel great. I remember Christ the Healer class at Rama. You know, Keith Moore is my teacher. And uh, interesting class. But man, when you're sitting in that class, you're going to be attacked by sickness during that class. And you'd see people walk in, and you could just see the sinus infection. Their head's about to explode. But they're coming in, and you know, hey, how, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. Oh, you liar. That's not faith. Faith calls those things would be not as though they are. They're calling something it is as though it's not. So you got to be ready where the Holy Spirit can help you and you could go, listen, you know what? Why don't we forget the question of how I'm feeling today? And why don't we go directly to what am I believing? Because I can tell you that. You know, when you get around believers, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, you're healed. I mean, it's wonderful. But this is how you deal. This is faith against something. Faith works through, you should write this down, this is really good. Faith works through words to change natural circumstances in your life. Faith works through words and it will change the natural circumstances of your life. Now the part you really need to get is faith works through words. You have to speak. And all of hell will try to keep you from speaking. Right? So verse 24, now Jesus is going to talk about faith to receive, another aspect of how we operate in faith. He says, therefore, therefore what? Why? Well, therefore, if you want to know the therefore, just look at verse 23. So therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now this is interesting. Believe, what things soever you desire. This word means whatever you call for. Whatever you require. Whatever you make a demand for. Well, learning with other parts of faith, what does that mean? If the word of God says that God has given it to you, then that's what you're going to desire. Faith begins where the will of God is known. 
we can't use our faith to just do whatever we want. No, faith literally will take possession of what God says he's already given you by grace. We receive it into this realm through faith. So whatever you call for, whatever you require, whatever you make a demand for, in other words, right? He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. If, 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 I, if I have sickness in my body, Father, right now, I just, I'm, I'm requiring, I believe that I receive my healing. I'm saying, Dad, can you pass, the, can you pass me my bread? It's already mine. You said you gave it to me, right? So this is how this works. When you pray, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you, the Greek word is lambano. Believe that you literally seize hold of. The minute you pray, I believe I've seized hold of my healing. The Bible says you shall have, in other words, in your life, in the physical, natural realm, you will have what you just believed you've received. Does that make sense? I don't have to see it to believe I have it. The Bible says I have to believe that I seize hold of it. And if I believe when I pray I've seized hold of it, then I'll have it. And so that's the fight of faith, isn't it? From the time that you believe that you receive, you have it. Father, I thank you that I'm healed in Jesus' name. I thank you for that. I'm fully persuaded. Symptoms start hurting your body a little more. You go to the doctor, it's getting a little worse. Satan's talking to you about, well, you know, this, this is getting worse. What are you going to do? Maybe you didn't believe you receive it. If you are not fully persuaded that God did not lie to you, you'll start looking at the natural things and going, wow, you know what? Yeah, this is getting worse. And well, you know, man, I don't, I, I can't confess these things as good as Pastor Tony or as, as good as, you know, Kenneth Hagin did or Brother Copeland. So maybe, and you know, and and gosh, I just kicked the dog and I told a lie and I, you know, I, I'm do, I did some stuff wrong. So, you know, really, I, I dis, I'm disqualified and Satan's going, yeah, you're not worthy. You're not worthy for God to do this for you. And eventually what happens is what Hebrew says. It says, don't cast away your confidence. But people cast it away. They're just like, no, yeah, I guess it's not true. Here's the good news if you do that. You don't have to go back to square one. When you come to yourself and you realize, wait a minute, time out. No, 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 God's not a liar. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. He sent his word and healed me. I was healed 2,000 years ago. Father, I confess that before you. All those words, I don't believe them. I, and then in Jesus' name, I curse them. I command them not to uh, have any fruit. And you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and pick this back up again and just, I thank you that I'm healed. That's what you do. But stay in the word and stay in faith and you'll never let go of this stuff. Do you realize that literally, if you believe what God says and you will not let that depart out of your heart and out of your mouth, it, you just keep it in your mouth and you keep it in your heart, do you know there is no way that it won't come to pass unless God is a liar. And I've got good news. The Bible says not only is he not a liar, but he can't lie. In other words, faith, faith comes from hearing the word of God where now I hear God's word, it's speaking to me. And I'm fully persuaded that if he says I'm healed, I don't care what anybody else says. If he says, I'm a world overcomer, then that's who I am, right? That's how we live. This is why faith is tenacious. Faith is the means by which the unfruitful circumstances of your life are removed. 
Notice I said they're removed, which means they might be there right now. Faith is the means by which natural things are changed. Don't, don't be upset about the battle you're in right now. You already have the victory in the battle. I'm telling you, the faith of God, the word of God, the gospel of Christ, the power of God that's in that gospel literally will change it and remove it. Not sometimes, all the time. Because all the promises of God are in Christ again, yes, and in Christ, amen, or so be it unto me. Faith, a condition that comes by having believed God is settled. It's a restful condition where you cease from your own works. That's faith. It's a re- it's, faith is a rest. I'm not trying to make it happen. Jesus already made it happen. I just simply believe that and release my faith by corresponding action as with my mouth or however the Holy Spirit leads me, and it's done. Faith is a settled condition whereby what you believe, you know it's already done. Wow. How many are facing, and you don't have to lift up your hands, but how many of you are facing a situation right now in your life that you already know what God's word says about it, and God's word says that it has no right in your life, then I'm telling you there's nothing left to do but just be thankful and rejoice. Faith rejoices. I'm telling you, because you know you have it. I thank you I have it now. And I will not believe these lies of the enemy. Do you ever notice he throws these thoughts? Do you know that the truth is not in him? When you walk in the wisdom of God, Satan will tell you you can't do something and you'll find yourself subconsciously going, hey, thank you for letting me know that I'm on the right track. Because if you say it's not going to work out, I already know it's working out. Right? Because you can't even tell the truth. I love this. This is so, so very important. Faith is a settled condition. So let's jump over to Romans. I want you to see another aspect of faith here. Romans chapter 3, we're going to look in verse 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Now, this Romans chapter 3, if you study it, many theologians will tell you that this chapter is talking about sin, instructing you in what sin is. But they're upside down in that deal. Romans chapter 3 is actually instructing you in righteousness. So let's look at it in relation to faith, though. You guys doing okay? All right. I know I'm having fun. It says here in verse 24, you guys are so quiet today, though. Man, we need to get some, like, rowdy people just, you know, jumping up, running. There we go. Yeah, I I like that. I like that. You know, you'll you'll have some people go, oh, man, they're just so noisy. No, we need to be noisy. Right? You, you know a lot of you are going to probably yell at your TV, sta- TV this afternoon. I can't believe you did that, right? Come on, quarterback. Why did, you didn't see that wide open receiver? No, if he could answer you, he's like, no. Everything's going 10 times faster than what you're seeing, you couch potato. And there's eight gorillas wanting to rip my arms off, right? Right? Go to a Nebraska game and people just paint themselves red with a big N on their chest, you know, where they should not be without a shirt, right? And I mean, they're jiggling all over the place and screaming and yelling, but I'm talking about life here. I'm talking about cancer has no power here. Diabetes has no power here. Bankruptcy, convicted felon, possible death, it has no power here. That's what we're talking about. So Romans 3.24, it says, being justified freely by his grace. In other words, the word justified means you and I were made righteous by, we were made righteous freely. 
That means without charge or effort, by his grace, through the redemption that is, where is it? Again, in Christ Jesus. Wow. In other words, now your actions don't make you righteous, right? Faith in Jesus makes you righteous. And everybody should be saying, amen, right? Verse 25, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation. God sent Jesus to be a propitiation. That means he sent Jesus to be a mercy seat. The mercy seat was on top of the Ark of the Covenant. That's where his blood was poured out that didn't cover your sin and mine. It erased it. God sent for half, past tense, set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Through faith in his blood. Faith is a lifestyle. You never move on from faith. It's a lot, faith is a lot like breathing. Right? You don't get up in the morning and go, all right, good. I don't have any more time to breathe. I just, I got, I got too much to do. I just got to, I, I, no, no, brother, you're going to breathe, aren't you? That's faith. Faith is like breathing. You've got to keep breathing. If you want to live. Now, when I say live, I don't mean natural life. I'm talking Zoe life of God. You can't live if you're not in faith. So it's a lot like breathing. Hallelujah. It says this, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. That means our sins were wiped out, wiped away. Wow. Notice, it, it, literally, it literally means the sin nature and all of the sin that it produced. That are passed through the forbearance of God. This all happened through the forbearance of God. You know what that means? That God would never give up on you. God looked at you and I who were dead in our trespasses and sins and sent Jesus to wipe out our sin because he would never give up on you and I. So do you think he will now? No, 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 no. Never give up on you. I love that. Wow. Jesus' blood on the mercy seat is proof that our sins that were a result of spiritual death, it's proof that they've been erased. Verse 26, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. In other words, if Jesus is your Lord, then you are righteous. If he's your Lord. That he might be just. Now we need to get this part. He did all this that he might be just. What? Wait a minute. God made me righteous so that he might be just. Wow. In other words, even this is not about you and not about me. Even all this is all about him. Isn't that amazing? Why does, see, why is it important that God be just? Do you think it's for him? Or do you think it's for the whole world that's spiritually dead to be able to see, hey, I'm just. Come get yours. It's everything he does is for others. Man, the worst sinner, God's looking at him with all his love, and he's like, man, I'm not giving up on you. I'll never give up on you. I love you. I see who you could be in my son. Right? I love that. I love this. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to justify myself with anybody. God's my justifier. 
I don't have to try to promote myself. He will exalt me as I humble myself. Why? So that people could see who he is. Why? Because the righteousness of God is shown forth as I walk by the faith of God. This is, it all fits. Believing in Jesus, faith in his blood, is all associated with receiving all that Jesus did. Verse 27. So Paul says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. In other words, here's another definition. You have to know this. Faith is a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. Gravity is an example of a physical law, right? I don't care how much money you have or don't have. I don't care what your reputation is. I don't care how big or small you are. I don't care who you know. You step off this building and gravity will work for anyone. It works the same way for everyone who will work it. The law of faith. It were, faith will work the same way for everyone. Right? So none of us walk around going, check me out, man. I'm, I'm a strong man in faith. No, no. A strong man or a strong woman in faith walks around going, wow, Father. I am, I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm righteous because of you. The faith that you've given me the honor of even walking in is yours. It comes from hearing your word. In other words, everything in my life that is anything is you. And when you're saying that, you hear that still small voice on the inside going, yeah, you're mine and I'm yours, right? We're one with him, we're one with him. Faith is a spiritual law, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without, that means apart from or separate from the deeds of the law. So now jump over to chapter 10, verse 9. Let's look at an example of this. Romans 10, 9, and 10. We all know this scripture. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And now check this out. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. What I want you to see is with the heart man believes. So we got to get this, we got to lay the foundation. Because everyone, every, everybody, I mean, I've been teaching this stuff for years, and you could see it on people's face. Yeah, I get that, that's our spirit, it's our spirit. Yeah, and you're right, it is. But, but we got we to get revelation of it. Because there's so many, there's so many people that can quote scriptures on faith, and they can't believe God for a piece of lead from a pencil. Because the minute Satan goes boo, they let everything go because there's no revelation. So why do we know faith is of the heart? What is the heart? Right? This is so important. Romans 7.22 says this, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Romans puts the heart as the inward man. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says it this way, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 1 Peter 3, 4 calls this inward man, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Hidden from who? Hidden from your senses. The hidden man of your heart, of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. That's talking about your spirit in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament, now it's going to tell us, of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God, great price. Isn't that good news? Faith. Faith is a law. Hallelujah. Well, we've just laid the foundation. 
So now we can go into Hebrews 11.1. Everybody starts with Hebrews 11.1 and gets lost. But now we've laid a foundation so that next week we can go into Hebrews 11.1 and it'll be a great service. So what have we said so far? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about, let me just go find it, all the things that we've gone through. I'll have to skip the last one. So we see in definitions of faith that faith is a lifestyle. Faith pleases God. Faith is how you receive from God. Faith does not ever waver. Faith is a condition that results from having believed the word of God. Faith is a settled condition whereby what you believe is already done. And faith is a spiritual law. So we're defining faith, what faith is. I'm telling you, as you feed on these scriptures, as you start to, to realize that, listen, I walk by faith. I am created this way. I am not created to be moved by outside things. I am created to be moved by him, my Lord, by his spirit. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. I'm so excited about this series because this series is literally what, what we're going to do from this series, I believe, um, the direction from God is we're going to, this is kind of a launch pad. When we get done with this series, we're going to start a series on who we are in Christ. We're going to start a series on our identity. And you're going to see some things. It's so important for you to know who you are and for you to walk in faith, by the faith of God, to walk led by the Spirit of God, we need to know how to walk in the love and the strength of God. This is how you walk out God's plan for your life. So I believe, I'm believing with you. You know, all of us together are growing up in this. We're getting stronger spiritually, right? These messages are designed to build faith and build strength and maturity in you so that we're not moved we can love the unlovable. We're not moved by circumstances, but we move circumstances in the name of Jesus. Amen?